Hallelujah. Wow. We're going to receive communion at the end of the service, and I have a message for you. Uh, it's a pre-rapture, pre-second coming uh, message. I'm building up toward it. I'm going to bring that uh, teaching about the specifics of the gathering up of the church, this fascinating uh, event that will happen. It's inevitable. It will happen. And uh, we'll look at the different viewpoints in, uh, within Christianity of uh, the, the tribulation subject and some of those things. I'm going to uh, endeavor to bring that to you. I'm convinced that the rapture is distinct and, and precedes the second coming. And so uh, there are two distinct things, and uh, uh, they're, they're, they're definitely things to look forward to, to be prepared for, and um, to be encouraged by. And so I want to go to the book of James, chapter 5, and I'm going to read verse 7 through 11 in the New American Standard Bible. If you didn't bring your Bible, we could look at it up on the screen together. And um, the goal of my instruction is uh, for preparation. Um, being called into ministry, um, it says in Ephesians 4 that Jesus gave gifts to men, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, for our equipping, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the work of service, for the building up of the body of Christ. So uh, this yeah, local church, when done properly, is to be an equipping environment, a building up environment, and a service orientation. And um, the greatest in the kingdom is a servant. You know, there's a humility to that. Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. And there's a real value and power in that. And so the book of James, James, by the way, is the Lord's brother. And this epistle is to be read for the church throughout the ages. And um, starting in verse 7, we'll go right into this. Here's his exhortation. It says, therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. And I would add to this, therefore, be patient, St. Louis Family Church, as the pastor eventually preaches on the rapture of the church and the second coming. Be patient. Look at somebody next to you and say, be patient. Uh, the farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil. The farmer, you know, and this is very pertinent in October in Missouri because it's harvest time. And all around us there are harvest uh, points and, and fields that farmers are tilling and have sown in and are now anticipating a crop. They just harvested the corn by my house. You know, we've, I've watched Walter Grayler over the years. I think he's in his 90s still farming on his tractor. I love being in a place where, as a church, we've been here now for decades, and uh, as things develop and buildings get built, um, it's still great to see sections where they're still farming. You know, and in this modern moment, uh, we still have these references about seed time and harvest and sowing and reaping. And it talks about the farmer being patient. And it says, you too be patient. And well, it says, I, the farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it until it gets the early and late rains. That's really, you know, James was speaking to the people of the land of Israel. And in that particular climate, they had anticipation of spring rains and then of, of uh of autumn rains and, and the value of both of those to create uh, healthy crops. And there's a necessity for farmers to incorporate that awareness that God has set these systems, seed time and harvest, and it rains on the just and the unjust alike. And then we can draw spiritual parallels to these natural truths that God is doing a work and we're to be patient and we're to look to him uh, until the coming of the Lord. And this was 2,000 years ago. So if you think you've been waiting patiently for me about my message, the church, we as a church, we, the, Jesus followers from the resurrection and the ascension on have been in the end times and have been anticipating and are required actually. We're required to live as if, because he comes as a thief in the night, no man knows the hour of the day, we're to live in terms of commitment and repentance and holiness and sacrifice and devotion uh, as if he's coming back in 10 seconds. We're to plan, I'm convinced, 
uh, that he won't, that it'll be a while because we're to, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So God's interested in legacy and he's interested in building and he's interested in progress and in the, in the church. Um, we are on a succession from the generations and the early church is the prototype. So I'm preaching the original gospel and uh, we're going to get original results. So, you know, there's healing, there's salvation, there's breakthrough, right? Yeah. And so, therefore, be patient, brethren. Everybody say, be patient. And then it says it again, the farmer waits. And then it says, you too be patient. Strengthen your hearts for the coming of, of the Lord is near. This is, verse 8 is like, pay particular attention to this verse. This is, this is why I've been functioning the way I have for the last three years since the beginning of the pandemic. As an equipper, I am responsible to train and strengthen and fortify your faith. And um, so I'll give you an example. Um, a few years ago, my son Taylor had been exercising and, and with a trainer that has won awards and has been, is really the embodiment of fitness. He overcame some obesity, and he, and he was weak as a child, he said, and he had uh, sickly issues, and he overcame those things. And, he, and um, so he has an aptitude for training, and he's a trainer. So, but he, my, my son noticed, though, he said, Daddy, he, he's, he just keeps me on these low weights. And he said, but it's, I, it's, it's helping me, and I think it'll be good for you, Dad. So finally, I went ahead and followed through on it, and I, um, I started um, training with the trainer. And what was handy about it was he was sensitive to and aware of injury. And I just talked to a 76-year-old man, and, and, and he just told me, hey, I, too, just got a trainer, and I, too, am on the lower weights. And the trainer will walk through the gym with his, with his trainee and say, that, see that guy on that, that, that machine? He's not doing it right. That lady's not doing that right. Because you could, by, by not approaching things right, you can become more susceptible to hurt, getting hurt. So I actually did have an injury from that boating accident, and my shoulder was such that, you know, it, the bicep is cut, and uh, it was heavily bruised, and it was, it was um, I experienced damage, and I had a hard time reaching, and, there, you know, it was, there was scar tissue that was holding it down and things like that. I don't want to bore you with this, but just to compare this, um, just the, just recently, um, I went from one day a week to three days a week, uh, because I'm on a quest because my body's a temple of the Holy Spirit and I'm just now over 28 years old. I have to take care of it and tend to it because just in case God wants me to do a full court press in this season of my life, plus my little grandbabies, I want to be able to carry all five of them at once. <laughs> be an equal opportunity grandpa, Right. And so he made a statement to me that I want to give to you. And it justifies and substantiates why I'm doing things the way I'm doing. Why I'm not jumping on this social issue and running in this bandwagon and, you know, this de demanding thing or somebody on television saying, do this if you're a godly pastor and do that, you know. And it's like, okay, well, I got 50,000 messages here. I need to hear what God's saying. So he made an interesting statement to me. Because there are others in the gym that are so buff, you know, young people. There was a lady who just won the national award twice in her age bracket, and then in, even she was, you know, uh, she won the whole thing. And um, so there's some real fit people in there. And he said, do you notice that you're now moving the same weights that they're moving? I said, no, I didn't. He said, yeah, you're. He said, because I've been concentrating on your fundamentals this whole time. And he said, because if you just let build your muscles up, things can be imbalanced. And then he even said to me, named off a guy that he thought I knew, and I, I'm not in bodybuilding culture. I mean, you would think I am just looking at me, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He gave me a pass on that one. Um, but he, so he told me about this guy that got so fit. And, you know, and he showed me a picture of him. The guy was just, you know, a specimen. Looked like, an, you know, an anatomy lesson of musculature. And, I, and, he, and he said, tragically, he, his muscles got stronger than his skeletal and uh, ligament tendon 
uh, aspects. And what ended up happening is his overall system couldn't sustain. He got imbalanced, got, his muscles got too strong, and he pushed too much weight, and it impinged on his spine. And he now walks, with, he was paralyzed and walks with a walker. It's like, whoa, that, like, it, it struck me like that. It was like, oh, cool, oh. And then the, 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 count, the counsel that the trainer was giving me was, we've been working on the fundamentals. And we, that's why, I, he, in his case, he was having me just go through the basics. We'd go in there and stretch and then do these lighter exercises, and then just, and it was, and, and Taylor and I would go, I, I could pick up more weight, I'm just kind of, and we, we were like typical guys, kind of chomping at the bit, wanting to advance, um, and, but we had this guy that was saying, be patient, everybody say, be patient. be patient. So then there's this concentration on overall development that Jesus has for us as his disciples, so that we'll last I'm interested in longevity. I'm not interested in just a surge. Uh, Ethan and Kingston and some others went on a, uh, that turkey trot run. Is that what it's called? No, it's a 10K. 10K? So that's 5.7 miles? 6.2 miles? And uh, he told me 5.7. That, that's, that's, that's old math. It's the third service. I'm throwing him under the bus. It's not very nice. Anyway, um, the fundamentals. I can now tell you that I'm, gra- I'm gaining not just strength, but I'm also gaining mobility and flexibility. I can, I can move my arms like I couldn't before. And, um, and, and, and he basically was telling me, he even said, now look, we've been working, uh, concentrating on upper body, but we need to also do uh, lower body because... You know, you could look like Arnold Schwarzenegger from the belt up and look like a chicken from the, from the belt down. And so, um, but he also said this, though. Then he, he, it's not just cosmetics. It's not just look. He was basically saying, man, you, have you ever missed a step walking down the stairs? Have you ever slipped on black ice? I have. And he said, this will help you to withstand and overcome injury. Uh, and, and, and so the Lord wants the church to succeed, yes, yeah. to grow, yes, yeah. and grow proportionately, yeah. to grow in, in our relationships and our, and our faith and trust in him, to grow in our, in our um, anticipation of, of, of uh, increase and of advancement. He, he wants us to go from glory to glory and from faith to faith, yeah. and he's at work in you. He's helping you. Come on, you young parents. You're raising your kids in the fear and nurture and admonition of the Lord, and you want it to be holistic. You want them to really spiritually love God and in their thought processes be able to withstand the lies of the devil and the crazy, convoluted, uh, tangent interests of the world and deception. And you want, you want, uh, we, God wants all of us to be strong and, 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 and because our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so there's all of that. And so that's the parallel. There's the farming parallel. The farmer waits for the, he says, therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits, the farmer waits, the farmer waits for the fresh, precious uh, produce of the soil, being patient about it until it gets the early and late rains. You too be patient. Strengthen your hearts for the coming of the Lord is near. In fact, these guys just did this 6.2 run. Well, they've been practicing on the levee and building up toward it. And now they're probably surprising themselves that, hey, we're able after a few weeks to go from being a couch potato, right? Don't you feel like you're the man now? Yeah, yeah, he's, certi- <laughs> he's certifiably the man. Ethan, is, Ethan, just went from, Ethan just went from the sedentary life that is kind of all around us. No, I'm not disparaging him. I mean, we all... You know, we're sitting in our cars, we're sitting on our phones, you know, just hunched over. That's another thing, too. I was hunching forward because so much of modern life is, is like that. And he even, you know, he, he made, my trainer made me go to Lowe's and spend $5.27 on a five-foot PVC pipe, big spender. I'm telling you, it's the best um, exercise equipment I've ever bought. Just a simple PVC pipe, and, it, and, and, it, and Addison actually had one, and she showed me, and she was stretching. I couldn't even, 
I, I, when I first started, I was so, uh, the, 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 the tendons in my back were so stretched out and the ones in the front were so shortened that this caused a reversal of that. Isn't it amazing that a smoker can stop smoking and experience healing in their lungs? Yeah. A drinker could stop drinking and experience a healing in their liver? That's a beautiful thing. That's the Lord creating a body that can, be repa that can repair itself. And the, Jesus has done this to the church. It's a body that can heal, and it can grow, and it can mature, and it can develop and get better and better as we go, as time goes on. Hallelujah. Yeah, you don't, listen, Psalm 92 talks about the joys of being sticking to something and being rooted in something and being in the fundamentals. And, and in Psalm 92, it talks about when we're planted in the house of the Lord, the, the Bible says that we will bear better fruit the older we get. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. You know, when you're in God's context and you're about the Father's business, you'll bloom where you're planted. When you get in where God's called you to be and you stay with it over the course of time, uh, the, 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 there was a couple that just told me this week we're having our 20th anniversary. I said, boy, that's a big deal. She said, the, the wife said, it is in my family because she comes from a long line of breakups. And it's like, because of Jesus, come on, man. Things, we've got the Jesus factor on us. And look, look what it says, we'll flourish. It's, boy, that's reminiscent of Psalm 1.1 all the way through five, that when we're planted in the house of the Lord and when we're meditating on his word day and night, we'll be like trees planted by the water, we'll bear fruit, our leaves will not wither, and in whatever we do, we'll prosper. Look at this, you'll flourish. When you're planted with God, you'll flourish. Look at Psalm 92. You'll flourish. Everybody say flourish. flourish. See, I didn't realize it, but my trainer was preventing um, the potential for injury. Um, he was also aware that if I tried to work out too hard and I got back into my high school 16, 17-year-old self, I'd try to bench press with all the other, like the power lifter, stronger guys, and it would be unrealistic, and I'd, I'd, be, I'd be hurt, I'd associate it with pain, and I'd be tempted to not want to do it anymore. Yeah. The Lord is so good. He knows our makeup. He's mindful of us. He loves us and he, he sees us and he knows our down sitting and our uprising and he'll, he'll visit us and he'll work with us and bring us out of weirdness and bring us out of deception and bring us out of lethargy and bring us out of unbelief and doubt and bring us into a place, plant us, solidify us and get us ready to be flexible, mobile and strong. Strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Look what it says. You'll flourish in the courts of our God and it says, the next part of it says, they will still yield fruit in old age. Yeah. Woo! Because it's inevitable, we ought to be inspired by that. And then I want you to turn to somebody and say, you're full of sap and very green. I just love that. You're full of sap. Full of the Holy Spirit, man. And um, so it says, the coming of the Lord is near. Do not, and then it says, so that we're to, we're to be patient, strengthen our hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Do not, look at this, do not complain, brethren, against one another. That is prevalent in society right now, so much, particularly the election process. The, I was just talking to a, one of the candidates, you know, and um, his parents are Holocaust survivors. And he's like a guy from Eastern Europe that, that is, loves the opportunity America has afforded. And he's this real sweet, kind of quiet type of guy, gentle type of soul. And they've got these mud-slinging anti-ads. And it's like, you wouldn't, I don't even know the guy they're attacking. You know, it's like, yeah, you're pretty brave for stepping up and trying to provide leadership in a time like this. Because in a time like this, people are speaking against each other. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't want to idealize things, but I remember times when people of dissenting opinions like uh, President Reagan and Tip O'Neill, they were on the opposite ends of the spectrum uh, of politics and yet um, expressed respect for one another. That's kind of gone now. You don't see that now. You see bitterness. And, but we ought not see it in the church. This is what James is admonishing. Don't, 
don't complain against one another. It's tempting because we're close to each other. And, um, you know, <laughs> it says in Galatians, beware of biting and devouring one another lest you be consumed by one another. So I've been concentrating for the last three years on getting your tendons, ligaments, musc- your bones, and your muscles all strong, all in proportion. So we can, as the, lo- the early and latter rain come, like a, a natural parallel to the outpouring of God, we're going to have a revival. But I didn't want to have a revival that lasted 10 minutes or two years. I want it to last and be sustainable. And I've been praying that since I was in my 20s. I am believing God for something that pleases him, that he can manifest himself in, and we can see great things throughout a longer period, stretch of time. And so God has been pruning, purifying, preparing us. Uh, I've got two, uh, one set of my kids is visiting a great church in Nashville, Tennessee. Another one is in, in, the, in a great church in Dallas, Texas today. They're sending us pictures, and I, and I'm, and I love the local church. And I appreciate these pastors that are truly called. I have no interest in these tangent other things, but I do really appreciate the real thing when it's on us. And so what I'm seeing here is what James is saying is, guys, there's going to be an outpouring. You're going to see great things. But man, um, do a work. Let, let me do a work in your heart. Be patient. It's through faith and patience that you inherit the promises. It's not a, there's no shortcuts. This is the thing. Um, when at, working out, I'd be at the gym and I'd think, I, I could lift more weight. Why, why do you have me stay on these lesser weights? Because in order that my muscles wouldn't just get strong and the rest of my body would be prone because it would be weaker. I, you don't see it. It's all subterranean. You don't see it. And you think, oh, look, I'm getting stronger. And then you're more susceptible to injury. Fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. I'm a pastor. I, I've watched the cycles and processes of church. I've watched when God has let us just kind of sit and grow and learn and have seasons uh, of uh, preparation, like winter seasons where we think it's dormant and it's a lull, but it's actually not dormancy. It's not a lull. It's actually a part of the process. And then because he has a plan and he's about ready to say, okay, it's time in a day, get up and run like crazy for a couple of years. I watched God just... Come on, just, just keep going. Stay in the word. Just love each other. Do some projects. Have some, have some moments. Have some events. Connect, create connect, connection and community. Be a body. Love one another. Because I'm about ready to download some directives on you as a, as a people. I've watched God do that in this particular church. I've had the advantage of being here for a while and watching and I'm seeing and anticipating. Just like this, these verses. Proverbs says, that, that a, a, a foolish son sleeps through the harvest. So that, but that, uh, I think it's equally foolish to be hyped up and, and spinning your wheels with a bunch of RPMs unnecessarily. It, it's like, be patient. Everybody say, be patient. For the coming of the Lord is near. Do not, it says, you know, be strong. Um, strengthen your hearts. Uh, you know, these guys that are running, um, Ethan's body, he's a young man, but uh, his grandma and his mom are over here. But he, not only was he like, I have, I'm not used to running. He got out and ran and, it, you know, it makes your skin sting and, and, and you remember that and itchy. And then, and then, and then you, and you're like, and you get, you get winded faster. It's like, and your heart's pounding. But then after a few days, a couple of weeks, wow, I'm starting to get stamina. I'm, and, and then, you know, you're tending to yourself, you're stretching a little bit so you don't hurt yourself, and you're protecting your knees, and you're not running down hills, and you, t- you know, get a good pair of shoes. Before you know it, you become a runner. And, and, you, and, and you, while you're sitting, your, your lean muscle uh, is burning fat, uh, and, 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 and it, it's amazing. And, you, and your, your oxygen exchanges and your blood, it, it, it just it gets all the mechanisms of your body I mean, you see that you're, you know, and feel that you're, you have more stamina, but in the inside, there's so much good going on, and it, will pre- it produces and contributes to your well-being and longevity. I am believing God for our church that we succeed in the matters that God is calling us to. I'm believing God for you as individuals, for your households. It's very important to us. Pastor Patsy and I pray for you. 
We're going to continue to believe God. We're trusting the Lord that you're going to flourish. It's a big deal. That's part of our goal. And so my trainer, it's his goal that he takes uh, my situation seriously. And now he said to me, uh, you're going to be able to move. My goal for you is you're going to be able to move an entire stack of weights on one of these machines. And, you know, they have like 300 pounds on them. It's like I started out. He said, remember when you started out, you were only moving 80 pounds? Now you're, you know, I'm moving my way up. It's amazing. And he said, you know why you can do this? Because we, we, we worked on the fundamentals all this time. He said, you know, some of these guys that are really strong, that they're not, they haven't worked on the fundamentals like we have. Because he's taken it really seriously because he goes to our church and he doesn't want to hurt his pastor and then have, you know, because that would be bad advertising, right? That's a good incentive. Thank you, Jesus, for that. But more importantly, he's been injured a few times. He's hurt his knee. He's hurt his back. He's hurt his shoulder. So he actually has a sensitivity to it. Guys, Dan Deerdorf was, is a KMOX broadcaster, and he's just a beautiful St. Louisan. Um, he was born in Canton, Ohio, but he, he's this big strapping guy. Remember the St. Louis Cardinal football team? We had that. He was just an amazing player, and he enjoyed a lot of success. And back in the 80s, tragically, he had a, a loss, but he said, he said his trajectory of his career was like a 45-degree angle from a geometry class. He said it was like, you know, his, his income, the, the, the successes in his career, um, you know, just, just a high achiever, and, 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 he just, and he was elated by it. And he said, but tragically, sadly, he and his wife in the early 80s lost a daughter to sudden infant death syndrome. And he said something happened to him in terms of compassion, where it, made, it put him in touch with the hurts and the traumas of others. And um, uh, that speaks to me about some of the equipping of what God, um, he doesn't put these problems on us. The, uh, these things are just, the, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. And I say that to say that even our hardships, even our trials, even our sufferings, um, God causes to work together for good. And if we'll pay attention to it, it'll take away hardness of heart. Uh, we won't complain against each other. We'll have empathy. I, I'm telling you, the world's gone crazy with harshness. You can see it in the crime rate. You can see it in, uh, in uh, road rage. You can see it in, in just the, the, the host hostilities. My sweet Addison was shopping at Aldi. And her mask came down under her nose. And a woman my age started rebuking her. And she's a sweet girl, you know. She's probably one of the sweet, the other kids would say, she's one of the sweeter ones of all of us. And this lady was, you want me to call the police? I mean, to, to Addison. And she's like, ma'am, I, I, you know, it was, it, that, that's the kind of atmosphere we get to be Christians in, you know. And it's like, Lady, you don't know, who, this is just sweet, and she's not trying to be defiant. It's slip, you know, it's a, remember, and it's, it's that kind of thing. You know, and whose side are you on? What do you believe? What's your, you know, and then, and then in the, even in the church world, you know, uh, you ought to be preaching this, you ought to be saying this, yeah, or, or there's revival, ah! and like running, running circles in this building. And it's like, okay, wait a minute, man. Wait, what is the Lord saying to me? I wanted to be all buff to show off for my wife and to be able to eventually preach in a tank top and gym shorts. That's going to be edited out of the live stream. Sorry to put that in your head. You can't unsee that now. But, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, but, you know, long haul, longevity appeals to me. Um, sustainability, fruitfulness, the idea that you flourish as you're planted in the house of the Lord. This is why I'm staying put in God's calling. I'm, I'm not running to the left or the right. I'm not anxiously looking about me. And here's what it says in, in James. It says, it says, therefore, brethren, until, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. 
The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it. The farmer waits, being patient about it. It's through faith and patience that we're going to inherit the next wave of what God's called us to do here. Until it gets the early and late rains. That's why we have a prayer meeting. We want to pray for that early and latter rain. We want to pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You too be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is definitely near. Do not complain, brethren, against one another, so that you yourselves may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing right at the door as an example, brethren, of suffering and patience. Uh, take the prophets who spoke the, in the name of the Lord. Uh, we, we count those blessed who endured. L- consider as an example, and the predecessors of the Bible, Old and New Testament, or people in the contemporary who pressed on. We count those blessed who endured. We count those blessed who didn't quit. We count those blessed who persevered through trials. You have heard of the endurance of Job. The Job is a book just before Psalms, one of the oldest books in the Bible. They think it's written probably by Moses, and, but no one really knows. But it's a story of a guy that got hassled by the devil and, but had a good outcome. He came through his battles and uh, the Lord blessed his fortunes twofold, and God restored him. He said, I concluded that you can do all things, and no purpose of yours can be thwarted. That's a good conclusion. So you've heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings. The outcome was he flourished after all of his battles. He won through his trials. When the naysayers were telling him to do this and that, which I hear all that all the time, he had to nevertheless stay adamant. He says, as for me... You know, I know my Redeemer lives, and and one day he's going to be standing on this earth. And uh, you've seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings. Two things, that the Lord is full of compassion, like what the Deardorfs learned through their trial, and is merciful. And aren't you glad for God's mercy? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So compassion. I want to talk to you about compassion, because Jesus was moved with compassion, and it In this election period, in this season of our lives, after the pandemic, with all the attitudes we've seen emerge, with the polarization, the emphasis on things that up till recently hadn't been emphasized, we're seeing people be tossed to and fro, we're seeing all kinds of uh, winds of doctrine, we're seeing all kinds of philosophical constructs thrown at us, we've got our the, the, fruit, the low-hanging fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, where we could just kind of go up, and then, and then the algorithms take us down rabbit holes of who knows what kind of thing that we can, we can ponder and meditate on, and yet we're to meditate on his word day and night. We're to go back to the Bible, Old and New Testament. By the way, I recommend you get a good paper Bible. It, it does, the batteries never go out, and you don't need to have it backlit. You could just read it. It's awesome. I love my Bible. And, and, and the Bible talks about have, that Jesus, the Lord, is full of compassion. This is, it's his compassion that's delaying the rapture and the second coming. It's his compassion that 7.8 billion people are on the earth and that, that the, they need a, a harvest. There needs to be a revival in the church. And then we need to be so motivated that there's a harvest amongst the lost. And the Bible says that... that, that uh, oh, there's so much I have here. Um, let, let, let's, go to, let's go to Matthew chapter 9 and, and, and verse 36 through 38. I, I don't want to take up a lot of your day today, but I do want to get this, this downloaded into you. This is uh, good. When I work out with my trainer, it's usually about 45 minutes. And I, I go away ch- having been challenged, and I, I go away feeling like it was a good contribution to my system. So we're having just about that right now. And um, Matthew... 9.35, Jesus went into the three things he did in the villages. He, he would go through the villages, cities and villages, and he would teach in the synagogues, and he would preach or proclaim the gospel of the kingdom and heal every kind of sickness and every kind of disease. Everybody say teaching, preaching, and healing. And then look what his motive was. Look what was happening in his heart. Seeing the people. He felt compassion for them. The King James says he was moved with compassion. Moved with compassion. 
And because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. That's what I feel. I walk around society. I did a wedding recently, and I looked at all the people, and I just wanted to gather them all up and lead them into this prayer of salvation. I just want, I look at crowds of people, and I, oh, God, I just pray they come to know you. We went to Lion King. My brother bought me a ticket, uh, a couple tickets for our birth, my birthday, and we, we got to go, and we were up in the balcony, and it was jam-packed, and I just wanted to gather everybody, talk about the king of kings and the, yeah. the lion of the tribe of Judah, you know, and get them said, I just look at all the beauty of it, the Fox Theater, and an amazing, you know, presentation of the Lion King. It's just one of the best. Uh, choreography, singing, and music, and everything, and storyline, and yet... Um, uh, I then went to a play in another town, and I watched it. It was about Jesus, and it was like, this has substance to it, man. It's the gospel. And I, I just look at crowds. Jesus saw the multitudes, and he was moved with compassion. So what the devil wants us to do is be moved with agitation. Whose side are you on? What is your belief? What are your views? What is your bias? And get into, into all this polarity. And uh, the, the devil's tried to do this in the body of Christ. We're, we're to... Uh, uh, pursue uh, wherever we can meaningful uh, unity in the body of Christ and, and, and not bite and devour one another lest we be consumed by one another. But see, Jesus was moved with compassion and he said to the disciples, the harvest is plenty. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Here the Lord of the harvest is seeing fields that are white unto harvest. But, but yet, there, where's the manpower? Where's the equipment? Where's the drive to, to harvest? And this is what I've been spending the last three years sowing toward so that your tendons, ligaments, muscles, bones, and muscles all line up and are all strong. I have no interest in going off on... I have definite strong opinion about a lot of things. I have values that are rooted from the Judeo-Christian foundation. I see things like you see things. But the last thing you need me to do is use the pulpit to veer off into a tangent. I need to stay, preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. And if I stay with the original message, we're going to get the original results of salvations and healings and people being delivered, right? And that's what I, my goal is. There's nothing new under the sun. There, look, I learned this at the gym. There's no, there are no shortcuts and you want them. You want them. There's no shortcut for um, these guys that just did this 6.2 mile run. And they're able to make it to church. And he's probably sore as can be, but he'll be all right. And then eventually he won't be sore. And I'll hear that he did a 10 mile run. Then I'll hear he did a marathon. And he'll be like, I, I, I was not cut out for this. I just, you know, that's just not, it was never my thing. Like, uh, I was lost. I, I didn't go to church much growing up. Now I'm a pastor. And the, well, that's just never my thing. Well, then God calls you. Out. It's, it's amazing what he'll do. He chooses the foolish things to confound the wise, right? So it's like, wow, this is unlikely. And yet, Lord Jesus is going to use this. And he's going to use even the stupid time we've been through. Job had a weird time, and he came out of it. We've had a weird time. We're coming out of it, right? And society needs y'all to have the spiritual um, mobility, flexibility, and strength, and the demeanor of compassion and mercy, yeah. rather than this, I'll tell you, vitriol and hostility and vilifying. I mean, you know, I'm tired of seeing people belittle other people. Why? why I, as a voter, I could decide based on these issues. You don't need to discredit somebody's character to try to sway me. Uh, uh, you liars. You liars. Lying has been okayed in the world because the devil is the father of lies and he's the God of this world. Lying is even a policy amongst people that it's not only okay, it is a thing to do. And the Bible in the, first, in the Ten Commandments, man, thou shalt not lie. It's a big deal. Right? Because... He, God loves truth. He desires truth in the inner man. The integrity of the upright shall guide them. So I, I, don't, I don't want to veer off too much from this, but just the coming of the Lord is at hand. The coming of the Lord is near. So then be patient. Strengthen your hearts. 
Be patient, strengthen your heart. What have we been doing the last three years? Being patient, strengthening our hearts. The Lord spoke to me, yeah, you can't, you're not going to do jump. Uh, you, you can't do that right now. It's physically impossible to do it. Uh, there were other reasons he showed me and hasn't shown me. Oh, that's all right. It would be the best time to do that because of the need for the kids to be harvested and be taught. And yet here we are. But so it's like, okay, God, God's looking at us like, will you do this? Will you not do this? And I want to be obedient. God loves obedience better than sacrifice. So it's like, okay. And whatever our identity is, my identity is not to be in the stuff I do. My identity is to be in him and that I made it his image and that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Jesus is the head of our church. And so then, okay, Lord, we want to reach the nations. We're to be a house of prayer for the nations. We're not letting up on that. We're to train up our children in the way they should go. And I'm, my wife and I are praying about our children's ministry and believe in God for restoration and all the things God's called us to. This stupid pandemic was a... The, 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 I could see how the devil loves sickness and disease to disrupt society, disrupt people's lives. That's simple. I'm not politicizing that. It comes from the fall of man. But healing comes from the, the redemption of Jesus Christ. And our Redeemer lives... Hallelujah. And he was moved with compassion. So we need to be moved with compassion. Be patient. Not uh, uh, badgering each other. Not criticizing each other. Not uh, speaking against each other. Do not complain, brethren, against one another. What a temptation. Oh, what did you see with that? And it's easy to do that. It's easy to get grumpy. You know, I had some wonderful... Uh, contacts with some mighty men and women of God that were my elders, older than my, my parents. And I had the privilege, the way God configured our beginnings, where we were able to enjoy uh, consistent interaction with some of them and sometimes random but yet really deep and thoughtful moments and conversations and listening and seeing them minister, hearing them preach, watching them operate in their gifts, but also have personal time and actually interact with them and, um, and, and, and even... Uh, in the case of Dick Mills, even a, a friendship, you know, and, and, and Reinhard Bonnke, a beautiful. I mean, it, it was a gift. And I loved, and I'm just going to tell you, pulling the curtain back, the legitimacy, the authenticity, the heart of faith, and the childlike love for God that was still intact. I remember one guy, though, that got kind of grumpy, and he was just mad, and I think he was a bit depressed. But even he got soft and sweet at the end, didn't he? And I, and I think all's well that ends well. And I'm preaching this for the immediate thing that's going on in your life. I'm preaching this for your current battle. But I'm also preaching this for the decades ahead. And there will be a rapture of the church. And I do look forward to it. Come Lord Jesus, right? But until then, strengthen your hearts. Be patient. The Lord of the harvest is looking for laborers who will enter into the harvest field. And the, th the things you've been through, like Deerdorf basically was a sweet guy, tough football player, but a sweet man. Um, but he really was put in touch with um, being sensitive to others through his loss. And that is the redemptive part of any and every circumstance you and I ever deal with. You know, even if it's our own personal failure, then it's like what helps us is we don't get self-righteous. Yeah. Then it's like, but for the grace of God, go I. Then we don't strut around like we're so holier than thou. We don't, you know, so God is working everything together for our good. Who in here to say hallelujah to that? He will. He'll say amen. All right, so let's finish up with Colossians chapter 3. Let's get our communion. and We're going to get ready to receive communion. And I'd like you to stand to your feet. Colossians chapter 3. I had a lot to say about compassion. I had five points, but that'll be for another day. My wife tells me I preach six-week series every time I preach, so um, I try to get as much into you as I can. I get a shot at you in the week. On the weekend, I want to make sure you get filled with God's Word. Colossians 3.12 and the New American Standard Bible says this, so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, Put on a heart of compassion. Put on a heart of compassion. You want to know what the takeaway today 
Yes, there will be a rapture. I remember when you were serving as a paramedic and a kid got hit by a car and you asked me to pray for you years ago. Remember that? It broke your heart. And I thought that's why he's in that role because he has a heart of compassion. There's something though is in, I saw this when I would go to hospital visits, compassion fatigue, where you deal with so much trauma and so much death. It can happen to a pastor. You get sometimes a disproportionate amount of death and, you know, major issues, you know, and uh, I just talked to a guy who cut his fingers off on his, on his uh, bandsaw, table saw, uh, but they, they, tape, they, they, they sewed him back on, so it, hallelujah. I talked to a lady who was in the hospital eight times that, you know, she just gained 25 pounds and she's, it's like, I, I, you know, prayed for two people that had to have their toes removed because of, um, I guess, a diabetic thing or whatever. And it's like, you get that so much, you don't want to glaze over and get calloused. You, you, you want to be tender and stay compassionate throughout. Young people, the world's crazy and they're mean, but God's called us to walk in, uh, uh, proactive uh, uh, love, patterns of love. The love walk, it's love is patient. Love is kind. God's teaching us patience. He's teaching us patience as a church. I, I visited a church last week that's really an up and coming model, a really good church, amazing worship, like dynamic, uh, famous worship leaders and songwriting and great preaching and leadership. And, you know, they've gone through what we've gone through. Uh, you know, Robert Morris at Gateway Church, uh, Chelsea's there today. You know, they've gone through what we've gone through. Um, uh, and here we are. And then there are all these little pockets of that. Well, we're, we're going to do it right. And we're going to spin around, spin our wheels and do them. You know, we're the revivalists. And it's like, okay. So last time I checked, Jesus is the head of the church. The Holy Spirit is poured out on all flesh. And we got to concentrate on strengthening our hearts, walking in love. And look what it says in Colossians 3, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Say these with me. Compassion, kindness. Let's say them all together. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Some of y'all are really rambunctious. You're entrepreneurial doers. And it, it makes you nervous when you, you're idle. I was like that, and I kept confusing achievement with activity. And the Lord visited me and said, look, you notice a pattern here? There, there's, a, there's a peace. I give you a break and rest so you can prepare. I just, in Leviticus, read a chapter about how they're to let the land rest on the seventh year and just let it rest. Even let the, the, the grape vineyards just produce grapes and then drop the grapes and let it all go in the ground because God knows the nutrients get re, re, replenished. God knows something, and he knows something more about stuff than we do. God is good at being God. And he got you in where you are in the first place, and he's never gonna leave you nor forsake you. And where you're in, where you're not supposed to be in, he'll show you and say, hey, come on over here, make an adjustment, get on track. And that's why we submit and stay tender before him. But we need to be putting on a heart of compassion, kindness, what else? Colossians 3, 12, what does it say? Humility, gentleness, and patience. Gentleness. You know, I'm in that gym and I'm getting built up and my trainer is a gentle giant. He's not like, hey man, you know, he's not all, he did, he told me that years ago he was involved with steroids and all jacked up and all, and, and, and that's not the route in the, in the church. Steroids are not the route. Shortcuts are not the route. It's a simple, sweet, blood of Jesus. What, I'm gonna ask you a question, I'm gonna take a survey. What can wash away my sins? All right, let me ask you another question. What can make you whole again? All right, good, you pass. And also, on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took that cup and he said, this is the covenant of my blood which is shed for you. He said, as often as you eat this bread and, and eat this, and drink this cup and eat this bread, you're putting into remembrance the Lord's death until he comes. He died so we could have eternal life. 
he came and then he died and he ascended. He said, it's good that I go because I'm going to send you a helper, the Holy Spirit. This is a statement of empowerment. It's an expression of provision. It shows that he could create a table and prepare a table for us, even in the presence of our enemies. He could keep us compassionate. He could add fresh fire to our marriages. He could get us out of the dreariness of pseudo-intellectualism and quasi, uh, uh, you know, theorizing and get back into a place where I love Jesus. I'm walking with God. I'm staying sensitive to him. I want to eliminate anything that makes me uh, callous and I am trusted. So in fact, let's receive communion in a worthy manner. Lord, I repent and I ask you to forgive me for allowing anything that keeps me hindered from uh, vitality with you. Anything that, any voices that are washing and drowning out your voice, any attitudes that are displeasing to you, I'm asking you to please help me, Lord. You that deliver us from temptation, I'm trusting you and I repent. I humble myself before you. God, I refuse to complain against any of my brothers and sisters. I ask you to help me to walk in, in love and walk in kindness, gentleness. I pray there be a sweetness in our households, Lord. I pray, how many of you are married? Raise your hand if you're married. I pray breakthrough on all these marriages. How many of you are single? Uh, raise your hand if you're single. I pray a joy and anointing on your life and supernatural fruitfulness like you've never seen before. How many of you know people and you want to, and, and, you, and you need God's mercy and help in all those interactions? How many of you know somebody else? Well, there are a lot of you, you do, I don't know if I, I don't really know anybody. We, we've all been masked and socially distanced. I don't know anybody anymore. How many of you know people? God, move on the people. Move on the neighbors we like and the neighbors we don't like. God, move and give us a, a supernatural outcome, Lord. Say this with me. I receive forgiveness and healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I pray for Europe to come to Jesus. Monkey and I were texting each other. We were doing a great outreach in Kosovo. And he said, America shall be saved. And I said, Europe shall be saved. And he said, yes, Europe shall be saved. I mean, his texts were, had a German accent. And they, and, they, and they had volume. Everybody say, America shall be saved. God bless you guys. Have a great afternoon. Prayer meeting tonight at 6.30. Go out with joy. Walk in compassion and kindness. I love you guys.